Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. We're so glad that you take your time to uh, listen to our podcast. This week, we have a really good episode for you guys. It's called The Six Stepping Stones to Kingdom Significance. So you're going to want to stick around to listen to this because it's really, really going to be impactful and it's really going to help you guys out. So for those of you that didn't hear our podcast last week, I talked about a new Facebook group that we started. It's a free Facebook group where we will be uh, giving lots of great content for Christian entrepreneurs with children. So we're going to talk about, we're going to give you faith trainings. uh, So everything pertaining obviously to faith, leadership in the home, in business, and we're going to we're obviously going to talk about kingdom because uh, that's what we're the most passionate about. So we're going to be doing all kinds of things in those groups. We're going to be talking about um, different things that have to do with leadership. Uh, you know, everybody uh, that comes to that listens to this podcast are Christian entrepreneurs and they're in all kinds of different niches. But this uh, these trainings that we're going to give you guys are really good because they can apply to any of those niches that you're in. It's really personal growth, spiritual growth, uh, and we think that you guys will really benefit from it. So I'll post a link to the bottom of this podcast episode on the on the website thrivingonpurposepodcast.com. So this is episode 41, so you can look on the bottom and I'll have a link to our Facebook group. So uh, please go in there and... Uh, introduce yourself into the group. We love to know who's uh, been listening to us and uh, we really want to connect with our listeners. Absolutely. So six stepping stones to kingdom significance. So Sebastian, why don't you talk to them before we get we dive into this a bit about your journey um, when you started your business? Yeah, well, when I started as a Christian entrepreneur, Liz, you know, it was maybe five years back. As you remember, I had contagious enthusiasm, right? You remember that? Right, right. I was on fire. I was super motivated. I took all kinds of risks. You kind of had, had to uh, hold me back sometimes. Failure was not an option. I knew I was going to change the world. I just knew it, okay? So it was only a matter of time in my mind before I changed the whole world. And this was all good for a while, right, Liz? (laughs) Yeah, for a while. (laughs) So eventually, eventually when my, I guess you could call it naive enthusiasm waned, I began realizing that this climb to, you know, success and significance would be tougher than I first imagined. And moving up from survival to significance is arduous, to say the least. It's not done overnight, and it will require everything, and I mean everything, that is in you, okay? There are six stages that believers who start with nothing, because some some of us start with nothing, right? Oh, yeah, we have Jesus. Ever, ever heard the saying that says, some, the man who has everything but does not have Jesus has nothing. But the man who has Jesus and has nothing has everything. Well, I had Jesus. So technically I had everything, but I also had nothing. So those of us who start with nothing and, and want to build a life that matters, a, a life of significance, it can be really, really tough, okay? So there's six stages to get to a life of kingdom significance, which is the title of this podcast. And we're going to look at these six stages. So unlike the game of Monopoly, where everybody starts with $1,500, not all of us start with the same advantages or opportunities in life, right? So some of us begin below the bottom rung, while others are blessed with a great beginning. 
such as having wealthy parents who may provide them with the tools to, at the very least, skip the first step, which is survival. And that's the first step, survival. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. That starting point for many in the world is survival. And it was our starting point, my starting point, a few years back. And a great percentage of the population, as you, you guys probably already know, are living paycheck to paycheck. And that percentage is actually 78% of Americans, to be exact. So although survival is the starting point, this, keep in mind, this is where most people remain for most of their lives. Now, we can ask the question, why? Well, because most people in survival mode have just accepted their fate. They've accepted that this basically is life. They they have, unofficially maybe, but they kind of have given up, you know? They have accepted their lives instead of leading their lives. Right. It is what it is, right? You hear that all the time. It is what it is. We hear that as a motto. Uh, others have said, life sucks and then you die. Those are people who have accepted their lives, okay? And very few use the survival stage as a stepping stone. That's because the survival stage is like standing at the foot of a mountain before you, you climb, okay? So you look at the top of that high mountain and you think, this is too hard. I'll never make it. So as a result, most people in survival mode pitch their tent at the foot of the mountain and they never even attempt the climb. They get discouraged before they even attempt anything because it just seems like such a steep climb. Yeah, and I just want to add to this. I've seen this many, 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 many times. You know, even when we, are, like people know that we're entrepreneurs and we'll share, um, you know, things that we're doing, we're excited about doing. And, you know, some people even look at us like, oh, that's great, they still have dreams. They're so and, naive, they're so and, cute. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't. You know, like I've, I've had people you know tell me wow that's really awesome like I don't have any dreams like that and you know they just feel like they're stuck in a, a life of routine and then when you kind of tell them well why don't you know why didn't you consider I don't know taking a course or doing something different with your life or thinking about what you'd be passionate about and they're like oh too much work or I don't want to go back and study or you know, they, they'd rather live miserably for years and years and years till their pension plan than say, you know what, what's five years of my time or a year or two, you know, to study a certain thing I actually want to do. Exactly. It's like people have just given up, you know, and, exactly. and we're talking about young people. And, and it's I, sad. I was, it was, that was me. You just described me before I started. Um, it was my also, sister. It was my yeah. sister after... I, and I have to add this, after my wife had told me the exact same thing for years in a row, mm -hmm. somehow when it's the closest person to you, sometimes you just become deaf to them. And that's that's wrong, right? When we're married, we should listen to our spouse. But for some it reason... It would have my, saved you time. It would have saved me a lot <laughs> of time. But for some reason, my sister came over um, one summer and because uh, uh, we live kind of far apart. And anyway, anyway she came for a week uh, at our place and... Uh, she she tried talking to me because she saw I was depressed. I wasn't doing well. And she said, you still have a good 25 years to do at your day job. And you don't like it. Why do you put up with it? And, you know, think about it, she said. there's It's only going to be a couple of years if you want to study something out of that 25. And then for the other 23 years, you might actually be doing something you like. And that stuck with me. And that was the little kickstart I needed. And after that, I decided I would, I would return to school. And then I, I, that's when everything started uh, moving forward. I just started gaining forward momentum. Just moving forward with a dream or something you're hanging on to that's different, for me, gave me hope. And it, it kept me going. Uh, just like Zig Ziglar once said, he said, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And I think for those in the survival stage, uh, at the survival level, 
that's the thing you have to tell yourself. You're not going to be great when you start. It might not be perfect. Like, like they say in coaching, it's going to be imperfect action. But imperfect action is so much better than nothing at all. So that's what you got to tell yourself. Whatever you decide to do when you're in the survival stage, anything you decide, put your mind on to make a transition is going to be better than nothing at all. Exactly. That's really good advice. So that brings us to number two. So the number two, the second stepping stone is stability. 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 So for those among us who are blessed with a good beginning, we get to skip the survival part. So for those of you who were born with, you know, maybe uh, uh, parents who had some money, who, who got some good schooling under their belt, who actually found what they wanted to do early on. It's not all of us, but some of us find that early on. You get to skip the survival, the survival part, which really sucks, by the way. <laughs> so that's good. And you might actually skip to become in, the, in the, that level, which is stability, okay? So at this stage, people have passed the struggle of survival. So they stopped having to, like, like they say, having too much month at the end of their money. And they're faring okay in a stage where their income is adequate for all their expenses, family vacation, and even some money aside to brace for potential emergencies. They are mostly debt-free, and they want to keep it that way in a very delicate balance between income and expenses. While not super comfortable, many people choose to pitch their tent right there in the stability stage. They reason that this is as good as it gets. They don't dare to take unnecessary risks because in their mind it might jeopardize their semi-precarious situation. They count their blessings and few among the people in the stability stage try to grow further. Okay, when, when, when people find themselves in the stability stage, they're like, well, we're in a good place right now. We have money for vacation. We have a little, a little money that we can set aside. It's not great, but we're not broke. We're just over broke, right? <laughs> the danger of the stability stage was well summed up by an economist named Hyman Minsky. He said this. He said, stability leads to instability. The more stable things become, the more unstable they will be when the crisis hits. That's very true. That is not only very true, but it's also a very scary prospect for those in the stability uh, stage. Because, and I don't want to be a, a, someone who, who brings negative thinking here, but there's always emergency in life, right? There's always a car that breaks down, a kid that needs braces, something, a, a roof that leaks. I mean, there's always something that could shake that stability. Right. Uh, expenses, right? So the stability stage is, might be stable or appear to be stable, but in fact, it's very, very fragile. So it's not a, the best place to be. And unfortunately, many of us have parents who encourage us to aim for that. They're going to tell us to go to school to get a good job and to live a stable life, right? Right. So that's kind of what we're taught to have at least that, okay? Our parents and our families, depending where you grew up, and of course, depending who your family members are, you know, might be, you might have been raised by millionaires. They won't say that. But if you're raised by, by, by people like my folks and Elizabeth's folks, that's what it was for us. We were encouraged to... Uh, go at least to that stage so that at least we could make it, you know? Which brings us to stage number three, security. For many, the security stage is often mistaken for the success stage. The security stage is very appealing. It's one of those in-between stages. The security stage will often equate with the nice house, the nice cars, plural, the nice trips, eating out in nice restaurants, nice money in the bank. It's a nice stage to be in. Everything's nice in the security stage. 
Financially speaking, it is very secure. That's where it gets its name, the security stage. It provides more than its share of good times. It is often the stage where many professionals settle. They pitch their tents there, and it's quite understandable why they do that. Security, for the most part, is a stage of financial success. Many find some fulfillment there, but not all. You see, the potential problem with the security stage are usually lack of time freedom and unfulfillment. Those are the two main problems with the security stage. So the people who find themselves, the professionals, the people who, who have a good income, a really good paying a job, a high position, oftentimes they find themselves with a lack of time freedom and they oftentimes feel like something's missing. Okay, and I'm going to explain this. Many at this stage have traded in long hours of study and very hard work for security. Again, the name of the stage, right? While there's nothing inherently wrong, there's nothing wrong with this, it may leave some of its members in want of what-ifs. There's a French song that Tom Jones has um, reprised, which is called Le Blues du Businessman. And Tom Jones called it, I would love to change the world. And that song always sends, in the French version, I, I have to admit, always sends shivers down my spine whenever I listen to it, because I think it is so deep. It expresses the plight of many who find themselves in the security stage. It tells the story of a businessman who, at the beginning of the song, is telling the people just how successful he is. And as the song goes by, he's starting to tell of his wondering of what might have been if he had been something different. And as you go through that song, especially the French version, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it for you guys, the, the, the English version by Tom Jones. But as you go through the song, you'll get it. You, you get to see that this very, very successful person is deep down very, very unfulfilled. So here's a clip of Le Blues du Businessman, or in the English version of Tom Jones, which is what you're going to hear now, is called I Would Love to Change the World. Listen to that song. I've been on course since 17 It's who you know and where you've been Until it's you they want to know I've learned the rule, there are no rules Except the gentlemen are fools I order principles to go There is no secret to success As long as others want it less It is not substance, it is style There is no deal that can't be done Retaliation can be fun I never walk that extra mile I have acquired the winner's touch Of seeming happy with so much I can be honest if required I have succeeded and that's all But then as far as I recall That's really all that I desired Oh, I would love to change the world It's many failings one by one To be the artist And I would love to fall in love 
So here is the secret plight of some who find themselves in the security stage. Some of them are just unfulfilled. And what do I mean by that? Well, they have money, but no purpose. They have many things, but they wonder if they themselves matter. They have possessions, but no real joy. They are often surrounded by people but they lack the time for relationships. Alas, they have arrived financially only. Like T.D. Jakes once said, and he said it and it was very, very good. He said, you can be successfully wrong. And that for many is the plight in the security stage. And, um, I've observed through the years a lot of uh, a lot of people that have become secure, like in this stage that they have the money coming in, and you would think when you look at them and everything that they have, you would think, "Wow, they've got it made. They must be the happiest people on earth." And when you sit down and you and you chit chat with them and go deeper you realize that a lot of them just went through the motions of life exactly. and some doors open in a certain, a certain area or they were just really good um, at something and just ran with it because it was an easier way for them to make money. But it wasn't nece necessarily their purpose. It wasn't necessarily what God put them on this earth to do. Mm -hmm. So these people um, 
attain a level of success and look around themselves and realize, hey, you know, it's really cool. Like I've got all these things. I should be happy. And next thing you know, like a lot of these people are doing things they shouldn't to kind of feel alive, right? And mm. we know what that means. Like they'll, they'll, that's when they'll dive into sinful things because they just, you know, want to feel something. And it's sad to say, you know, because a person like that you would think could use their money and do something significant, but it's it's just not the way it works. So I want you guys to, to, to see these stages, to understand them, and probably... Uh, you know people that I've just mentioned. You see some maybe aunts and uncles that you have that are in this stage, and you know what I'm talking about. There's a void there, so this is why there's a lot of baby boomers in that uh, that stage. Lot. There's a lot of them, and and we were raised. I mean, our, our generation a lot of was them raised say, by baby boomers, and they they thought like that. Yeah, and a lot of them say, and I've had many conversations with them. It's like, well, if money was no object, what would you have done? What would you like to do with your life? And a lot of them would know exactly what they would have done. And it's something completely different than yeah. what they've done all their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really important that you guys um, follow us till the end of the, the podcast, because we're going to get to some some kingdom stuff. And uh, I really want you to understand these phases so that you understand what we're striving for as kingdom entrepreneurs. Yeah. So that you're not stuck in one of these stages. The, yeah, because the beginning stages. Yeah, exactly. The last thing you want to be is stuck. Uh, everybody grows. Uh, someone I was re- listening to recently said, "You know what? Everyone is stuck. You have millionaires that are stuck on the millionaire level. They can't go higher. And not that they should necessarily, really, but everybody's stuck somewhere. We, we, we're all we all have a, a a place where we need to get unstuck." Some are stuck at the 50,000 mark, some are stuck at the 200,000 mark, and some are stuck at the million dollar mark, and they they wish they could go higher, they just don't know how. So that's when coaching and stuff like that becomes very necessary. So we're all stuck in a stage, and um, that's perfectly normal. That's part of human nature, because growth demands effort, knowledge, know-how. There's so many things involved, time. So yeah. That's very interesting. So that brings us to number four, which is success. Yes, the success stage, which which is a stage where everybody wishes they would find themselves at. Everybody wants to be successful, right? In an article by the Wealth Research Group, they stated that 98% of the people die without ever achieving their dream. So in the context of this podcast, that would mean that they die in the first three stages of either survival, stability, or security. That's 98%, folks. 98% who die without ever having achieved true success or a dream of theirs. I believe that success is, in part at least, achieving one of your dreams. At least that. I know that I have spoken much about the finances from one stage to the next because, hey, they matter, right? They're relevant to success. Nevertheless, money is not the end-all and be-all of success. In my little Kindle book, Thrive on Purpose, Eight Stepping Stones to a Successful and Fulfilled Life, I quote Jim Rohn, the late American business philosopher. He gave what I believe to be the best definition of success that I have ever read. And here it is. I'm going to read it to you. That's from Jim Rohn. If a guy says, hey, I'm soon cashing it in and I'm heading for the mountains. I'm going to live in a little cabin, live off the land and feed the squirrels. If he goes and does that, guess what? He's a smashing success. Why? Well, he's doing what he designed to do and pulled it off. You can't say, no, no, that's not successful. That is the epitome of success. Giving a design to your life and pulling it off to make progress in the direction that satisfies you. That was Jim Rohn's definition of success. I love it. I think it's so true. 
And so it goes that only 2% of people pull off giving a design to their life to make progress in the direction that satisfies them. Only 2% among people actually succeed at that. And the reasons for this are many, but I, I think we can really boil it to just two reasons. Liz, would you, would you tell the, the, yeah. our folks listening what the two reasons are? So some either become satisfied prior to attaining real success, as we said earlier, stability and security, or they never start to begin with. So they stay in the survival stage. In other words, many just choose to pitch their tent at the prior three levels that we mentioned earlier. The rest quit on their dreams after too many failures. Okay, so that's the second reason people quit. The price tag of success can be quite high. Not everybody is willing to pay it until the very end. And sometimes the price just becomes too high and people get discouraged and quit. Absolutely. Sadly, but that's just the way it is, right? The price tag, the price tag on your dreams uh, can be quite high. And uh, there's, there's always a limit. Everybody has their limit as to how much they're willing to pay for it. But that said, for those who persist and never give up, the sweetness of being su successful is a crown to be cherished and proud of while never to be taken for granted. If that is you, if you have made it to that stage of success, congratulations. Whether you are feeding squirrels in the mountains or running a multi-million dollar business, if you have attained the success you were aiming for with all of your heart, soul, and mind, you are part of a select group of only 2% of the population. <laughs> and I've repeated that many times, but it's, it really struck me. Absolutely. It is really great if you can get to that 2%, be part of that 2% that are successful. And um, it's extremely fulfilling. Yet, I have to mention that there are still people in this stage that are successful. They're happy that they've attained a high measure of success, but they also have a sense of unfulfillment, of a part that's missing that we're going to find in the next step, which brings us to significance. significance. So a lot of successful men look around themselves and say, wow, I'm a billionaire, I'm a millionaire, I and should women. be happy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of women too. And, you know, I should be happy, I've got everything I want. And yet, you know, sometimes the journey to success, uh, you know, a lot of things were trampled over. Uh, some of them are divorced, some of them didn't make it to, like they have that business success, but the success in family life was not there. So, it's it's kind of touchy, you know, like it's a, it's a level that you want to get to, but you want to get to God's way. But you want to get through it too. You don't want to just pitch your tent there. Again. Exactly. Because you want to get to the other last two phases, which are the best. Yes, absolutely. And so you mentioned significance, which comes in at number five. Right. The most significant man who ever lived, and that's our Lord Jesus Christ, said this in Mark Chapter 9, verses 33 to 35. Liz, would you read the, the Bible passage there? After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer, because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place, and be the servant of everyone else. Wow, what a, what a great passage. Yeah, I, t I said that to Jason and he, he didn't <laughs> believe me. <laughs> when you t teach servant leadership to a kid. Uh, oh boy, that's a tough lesson. That That is a lesson that takes a lifetime to learn, really. And yeah, in their mind, they're like, well, it's Jesus. Like, why? You know, they're used to seeing superheroes, you know, and stuff. So they're thinking... Well, he has all this power. Why? You know? Why would he be serving other people? So, but I love the context. Yeah. What you just read, he's asking them. 
So guys, what were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer, it says, because they had been arguing. They were arguing who was who among them was the greatest. It's like kids sometimes. Like, That's funny. So she asked your kids, like, so guys, what were you talking about earlier? And the, your, your kids know they weren't talking about something like really good. So they're just going to keep silent, like <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> so then it says, so he sat down and qu and called the 12 to him, just like some, a parent would do with his kids. Huh? Well, just like today. Hey, kids, come over here. I want to talk to you. That's exactly what happened today. Marissa and Jason were arguing who was the best. And it's true. We had that just today, strangely enough. And How yeah, ironic. And my husband had to sit and explain to them that they both had... I, I had to tell them that I was the best. And <laughs> Case closed. I mean, stop arguing. It's me. Really, that's good parenting. Good parenting 101, right? So we had to explain to them that they had strengths and weaknesses and that they both didn't have the same strengths and weaknesses. It's true. I had and to that do they that. were both in life going to excel. Imagine, they're not, he's nine and she's six, yeah. right? So they have a lot of time to excel in certain things, but we can see, you know, by seeing the personalities and seeing the strengths already at a young age that they're obviously going to develop very different skills and different strengths and also have different weaknesses. <laughs> so it's actually funny, but um, I can just imagine the, the disciples doing this in front of Jesus. <laughs> but there's, there's also that stupid song there, uh, You Think You're Better Than Me. Yeah, oh, they started, that. They started yeah. that. Oh my goodness. Anyway, there's so much so, garbage out there. <laughs> yes. Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So we have to write, be significant and um, Christ asks us to be a servant of everyone else. Exactly. And that's part of significance. And that is a big part of significance because the basis or the building block of significance is the ability to put others before yourself. In a great article for Success Magazine, John Maxwell listed the five main differences between success and significance. And he encouraged the readers to pursue significance why? Because in doing so, you will inevitably cross paths with and enjoy success. So if you aim for significance, if significance is your ultimate aim in life, as you aim for that and you go towards that, you're going to go through success. It's going to be something, a stage you're going to go through. Exactly. Because you cannot reach significance unless you passed success. But here are the five differences he noted between success and significance. I think it's really good. Number one, motives. With success, my motives may be selfish. With significance, my motives cannot be selfish. Influence. With success, my influence is limited. With significance, my influence is unlimited. Time. Success can last a lifetime. Significance can last several lifetimes. Focus. Success asks, how can I add value to myself? Significance asks, how can I add value to others? Reward. If I pursue success, my joy is in the result of my success. If I pursue significance, my joy is the result of other people's success. Right. That was really, really good. Very insightful, as always, with uh, John Maxwell. You know, those who left their mark on history as people we love and admire have done so because they pursued significance. They wanted to help people, not just themselves. They gave of themselves, no matter the cost. In many instances, they poured out their own lives in sacrifice to others. Some became rich, others didn't, but all of them were fulfilled in their calling. All of them added value in one form or another to many, many people and impacted their lives at a deeper level. Significance always leaves a legacy. Kingdom significance leaves an untouchable and eternal legacy. Now there's the difference. We're going, we're, we're going to move towards something even higher 
than mere significance. And I don't want to say mere significance because if you, if you in life attain the level of significance, it's a significant a, thing. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really great. It's a great achievement. It's a great achievement and it's wonderful. You're going to leave your mark on humanity. And that's fantastic. Right. But there's even higher than significance. And that is king, kingdom significance. So, uh, basically, significance is where the legacy of the world stops. But as kingdom entrepreneurs, we are called to go even farther, or to use our vernacular here at Thriving on Purpose, to climb higher. We are called to climb higher than significance. And I know that seems like, how the heck do you want me to do that? <laughs> With God, my friends, nothing is impossible. Always remember that. So let's talk about that sixth and final stepping stone. Kingdom significance. After all, our podcast is aimed at you guys, kingdom entrepreneurs. We have a great God and we are called to a great purpose and a great assignment. We are called, all of us, all of us, to kingdom significance don't forget we are ambassadors for christ right away we've been given that position that important position and you know john maxwell once said that and he's right the position doesn't make the leader but the leader makes the position so this is where you need to step up say okay i'm an ambassador for christ what am i going to do with that that's the position that's been bestowed upon you well you're called to kingdom significance and as kingdom entrepreneurs Significance is threefold, and we're going to look at that. Number one, kingdom significance blesses others significantly. So we saw how significance adds value to others, right? Well, kingdom significance blesses others. It's even more than just adding value or helping people. Right. It's blessing people, and you cannot bless people people unless you are walking with God. You can help people, you can influence people, you can encourage people, but you cannot bless them unless God is with you. Exactly. And it's a way, the way you're blessing them is also showing love. So Mm -hmm. it goes together. You're showing God's love through the way you're blessing these people. Amen. Number two, kingdom significance expands God's kingdom influence on earth. Now, that is a key point here. I mentioned that we're ambassadors for Christ. Our job is to take back territory from the enemy. We are to expand the kingdom of heaven's influence in the earth realm. So we are to advance and take back territory and expand that influence in the earth realm. So that is kingdom significance, okay? Uh, mere significance will, I mean, achieve all kinds of great things. But it will not take back, it will not expand God's kingdom in the earth realm. That's the one thing it cannot do. Exactly. Okay? And number three, and this, my wife came up with this today. It blew my mind. Because we were kind of, we always brainstorm before we do these teachings, okay, these podcasts. And and sometimes my, my, my teachings are incomplete. And I pitched them to Elizabeth, and I'm like, I came up with this. What do you think? And I oftentimes I can feel it. I feel something's missing. And oftentimes she's going to come to the rescue when we put our minds together. And she came up with this. And it blew my mind. Number three, the devil can't use it in any way. Okay. Kingdom significance cannot be used or twisted by the devil for his use. Now, that is extremely powerful. And I have some good examples here. And I'm going to name names. I'm sorry. I got to name names, Lizzie. <laughs> and I don't want to I don't, I don't diss any of these people because I love what they've done in, in a large part anyway. I mean, I, I can't. Well, some. Well, yeah, I don't love what they've done, but I can admire, I can respect their achievements, okay? Right, yeah. Exactly. So, for example, Walt Disney. I mean, we're talking about significance. Walt Disney achieved massive influence and a life of significance. We cannot deny it, 
I don't care where you stand as a Christian. We cannot deny that Walt Disney achieved significance, but he did not achieve kingdom significance, even if he did create a magic kingdom. <laughs> he did not achieve kingdom significance. Why? Because the devil was able to use what Disney has done. And if you don't believe me, which probably a lot of you might not believe me right now, that's okay. Go on YouTube and just type these two words. Disney occult or Disney satanic. And you're going to see, and I'm not saying that Walt Disney did this or meant it for that. But what I'm saying is what you're going to see when you watch these videos, you're going to see that, oh my goodness, I never, I never saw that. Or I never knew that. There's stuff in Disney movies. There are messages there that have been used by the enemy to brainwash our kids. That right. is unfortunate. It's not something I want to talk about or spend too much time talking about. But it's there. And Walt Disney is one example. Another example is Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey is doing a lot of good. A lot of good. But another thing that Oprah Winfrey is doing is that she's spreading a lot of New Age thinking and philosophy in the minds and hearts of women. Mostly women, because men don't really follow Oprah. So see, so has she attained the level of significance? Absolutely. Oprah Winfrey will be talked about probably in a hundred years from now. She'll be in our history books in a hundred years. Because she has attained that type of level. But... Again, can the devil use what she's been doing? Absolutely. Can he twist it and, and use it to his advantage? Absolutely. Kingdom's significance cannot be twisted in that way. And what do I mean by kingdom significance? Take the work of Billy Graham, for example. I think he's the most noteworthy, the, the person that, we, that comes to mind in kingdom impact. People, so many people, so many people I've heard have said, and people of importance, people of influence, said that I came to Christ through a Billy Graham crusade. Now talk about significance. That is his lasting legacy. Hearts turned to Jesus Christ. I mean, the devil can't use that. No. Actually, he, he hates that. If there's one thing he hates, it's that. So he can attack it. Oh, he can attack it, and he will, and he does. Uh, he can even try to vilify it. So many uh, good men have been... Uh, I think there was an account, and I think it was Billy Graham. Uh, someone had tried to send a prostitute to his room. And I think, if I remember correctly, and I might be wrong, it might be someone else, so don't, don't like, quote me on that. But if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he either he ran out of the room or he... he, I, he Called anyway, he got rid of her. He, he was able to do it in a way that no harm, no uh, moral harm came to him in the process. But someone had sent a prostitute to his room to try to get him to fall. So, yes, the devil will try to attack it or vilify it or make it unfruitful. And it, it doesn't even, but matter. he cannot use it. Yeah, but it in this case, I remember the story, it's not even about. Uh, that actually happening it was about um him being caught with her and taking pictures it was about more than that so they wanted to to ruin his image um and and i think it's it came from that story when he said he never um will sit with a woman if the door is not open and those rules that he yet. would never be found alone with a woman unless she's his wife that, that was the billy graham rule uh, yeah. Mike Pence took it yeah. and ran with it now, and, and he's been criticized for it. It's funny how godliness is criticized in our uh, our modern yeah. day and age. Huh? So to get back to this point, um, you know, this point was really inspired by God um, when I said it oh, yeah. in the kitchen. and um, It's often and in the kitchen, huh, Liz, that we, we talk about this good stuff. Because, yeah, because I knew, like, my heart, I just knew there was a big difference between kingdom significance and significance. And uh, we did a lot of brainstorming and, and um, I just knew that there was more to that. And I really believe that God um, made me see this clearly. And I, I could just see the types of businesses. I had a lot of businesses flashing through my, my mind. Yeah. And, um, and the devil has used, and we know like with Walt Disney, and we know of many, many other, 
that the devil has infiltrated that have these businesses have existed for for many many years right so they're they have built significance and because they have built such influence you know what happens once you die and who takes over after well is not always what the founder had uh, wanted in the first place but it is what it is and people took over and it is now you know a, a tool that the devil will use but if you build your business in a way where um, your king kingdom significance is so strong okay so god is so present it's not you're not we're not talking about a business where you sprinkle god in like you kind of mention you're a christian put a little quote here put and there verse. on your profile <laughs> yeah. like we're, that's not that to me is not a kingdom business no no okay it's, and that, i don't want to offend any christian entrepreneurs but that's not a kingdom business so what we're talking about is really working uh, with Christians or having the, the level of impact that is noticeable to non-Christians. They have labeled you as a Christ follower that is thriving for God's kingdom. Yeah. Like there is no, um, there's no gray zone and they don't even have a shadow of a doubt. They know you're the Christian kingdom entrepreneur on their profile. There you go. And yeah. their friends list or whatever. So, so, they know that God is your CEO. Exactly. So the type of business that you're aiming for is really to have God as your CEO. And this this thing, to get to this level, guys, this is what we have discovered. You have to be all in. You have to be all in and you have to understand your God-given assignment and run with it until God says to you that you're done okay so he's going to bring you he's going to enlighten you this assignment he's going to show you your purpose and this is a kingdom assignment this is something exactly. when you reach this level um uh i i don't want to say that you have to absolutely like you can you can understand your kingdom assignment in another one of these stages that we were at earlier okay yeah. But if you roll with it and you follow God's will and you keep on trusting Him, you're gonna know that it's not accomplished until you reach kingdom significance. In other words, that's your marching order. You're 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 like, okay, that's my assignment. It was given to me by God. That's my purpose. That's what I'm supposed to do. Well, I'm just gonna do it. And Come what may, I'm just going to keep doing it until he tells me to stop. Exactly. And you might be in the survival stage where God shows you this. And oftentimes that's the case. Yeah. God will take us from where we're the lowest and where we need him the most and where we're actually seeking for more. And that's when, that's God... when we're open to actually receive that assignment. Because exactly. we're like, why is my life not working? Why am I struggling so hard? Why is nothing working in my life or whatever? And so we seek God. That's what happened to me. I'm just telling you my story here. I'm <laughs> not inventing anything. So we seek God more. And in seeking Him more, He says, okay, He seems ready. I think I can show Him more. So He shows you more where He wants you to go. And you follow that. You follow those, like, like the, the, where, up to where He lit your path. Your path. So you walk all that way there. Oh, it's dark again. Seek God again. Okay, God, I, I walked to, to where you showed me. He lights a little bit more of the path you go you keep going that's what it is i mean that's what's going to lead you eventually to kingdom significance exactly which is the ultimate aim and what you're building like sebastian said earlier it's a business that the, the devil cannot in, infiltrate he does not even want to use it he wants nothing to do with this this he might has, try to destroy it this has god all over it yeah he might try to destroy it he might try to counter it to attack it but exactly. he can't use it exactly there's that you're taking away obviously you're taking away territory from the devil so you're expanding god's kingdom influence on earth which is exactly what god wants and in return he's going to give you abundant blessings he's going to bless bless you a uh, hundredfold as the bible said Amen. and so this is the highest level of kingdom significance and not only are you building all of this and having all these wonderful provisions and rewards on earth but also you will be having these wonderful uh, rewards one day when you die and go to heaven 
as opposed to the fifth stage where you stop at just significance and has nothing to do with kingdom significance. Well, the, you know, depending on if you were a Christian or not, your rewards will probably, you know, maybe not be the same as if you had gone to that extra level of kingdom significance. So, but to be honest, if you are, uh, like, and we know you are because you're listening to us, you would be bored otherwise. But if you're a believer, we know that even significance, even significance might, and I'm saying might, be unfulfilling. Even significance might be unfulfilling unless it is kingdom significance. Because you want to hear those words. You want to hear those words when you get to heaven someday. Well done good and faithful servant that is what i want to hear that is the crown of significance of kingdom significance so as we finish this podcast there's three questions that remains for you dear listener number one what stage are you at and there's no wrong answer here by the way there there's no stage that you, you that oh you shouldn't be there that's whatever stage you find yourself at it's good to know where you're at because if if you want to know where you're going you got to know where you're at so that that's the first question you you need to ask yourself what stage am i at number two what are you doing about it now that's a profound question because you might be at the success stage and be very happy and doing nothing about it so you might have pitched your tent there and say I ain't moving. I'm happy here. But as a kingdom entrepreneur, if you're at the success stage and you pitched your tent and you don't want to move further, I don't want to be harsh. I don't want to be harsh, but shame on you. If you're at the success stage and you don't want to move further, or maybe you didn't know. Maybe you didn't know there was another stage after that and then another. And that's okay. If that's the case, we forgive you. Not a problem. But if you knew, and you decided, no, no, I, I ain't moving. What's blocking you? Is it fear? Because sometimes we're afraid, right? Because we're like, well, I'm, at, I'm successful now. If I try to go past that, will I lose it? Sometimes we're scared. And number three, whatever stage you're at. And uh, so what are you doing about it? And finally, why? So what you're doing about it at the stage you're at, whatever you're doing about it to try to move farther, what's your why? What's your why? Everybody has a different why because a why can be very, very vast. For example, I want to glorify God and expand His kingdom. That's, that's huge. And that should be your driving force. But every one of us are specifics, right? We, we all have a different assignment. So therefore, our more specific or targeted why might be very different. So the key here, guys, is to, no matter what stage you're at, is to really be aligned with your kingdom assignment. Amen. Everybody that's been put on this earth with the different strengths that they have and gifts and talents that God has given them, and there's a lot of spiritual gifts that God has given you for your assignment that you may not even know that you have, all these things need to be revealed to you so that you know where you're going. So you need to pray about it. You need to ask God unceasingly and pray about it so that he reveals to you your your kingdom kingdom assignment assignment so that no matter what stage you're at, you can get up and move in the right direction. Because you know where you're going. Exactly. To reach kingdom significance. Amen. Well, that concludes this week's podcast. Liz, anything to add? No, I think that sums it up. Um, But I would like you guys to join the free Facebook group that we're doing to get more kingdom knowledge. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast. Uh, We're also we also did this group because we'd like to have more interaction with our listeners. Um, So like now there's a kind of a call to action to this podcast. Um, If you'd like to give us some of your takeaways when you get in the group on the content that you're listening to, we'd love to uh, to hear your feedback and your takeaways as well. So have a great week. Be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. 
Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.